What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Max Your Mind, Max Your Mind Podcast. We got all natural fitness Lewis Ford in the building. Thank you for coming. I know I've been trying to get you on. Yep. Before uh, all the traveling, you had to travel, I had to travel, but short notice, I'm glad you were able to come. I yes. don't know if they can see your face, though, because you got the, you got the uh, cap on. Can you all see him? You're an animal. You're a beast. You're a man, but, you know, like what, how, how you, the way you perform when you're working out, I'm like, you, you, tra- you training a Delta Force? <laughs> now, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, it was a thing on ESPN where they spoke about um, what is this guy training for? And also uh, a comedian on Instagram did a little spoof and asked, <laughs> was I fighting to you I know, gotta see that. go against demons? And to be perfectly honest with you, that's why I started to train. So at one point in time in my life, while in prison, uh, I was dealing with a lot of different regrets, frustration, and I um, was serving five years. Six months of those five years was in solitary confinement. Mm. So what I had to do was focus on something that would take my mind away from being in prison, and uh, training became the thing. Mm. Yep. So you don't mind me asking, what did you go to prison for? Guns and drugs. Guns and drugs? Like yep. possession? Yes. Yep. The, the, the harsh on that, huh? Yeah, well, it's in Philadelphia. So it's, uh, if you pay attention to what's going on in Philadelphia, um, now that I'm a part of the solution, um, yeah, it's, it's major. The drug, the crime, uh, firearms, homicide, robberies, attempted murders. So at this point in my life, going back to when I was in prison, I was thinking about how do I become a part of the solution and not the problem. So, uh, yeah, I was doing five months, five years in prison. Um, How was the childhood growing up? So I grew up with my mother and my father, both in the same household. Uh, The problem was my mother used to always give me advice on don't grow up too fast. Uh, at the age of 16, I met my high school sweetheart, and uh, yeah, she got pregnant. First, uh, <laughs> first year. You, you didn't school. have anything to do with that. We got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, at 16, I became a became a father, uh, and that's when, at that point, my life took a, a turn. How many children do you have? I have two. So my daughter by the same woman, uh, my Joy Ford and uh, Lewis Ford Jr. Yep. Nice. Congratulations. How are they? They're good. 22 years old and 17. So my son's 22, my daughter's 17. Oh, you had them young? Yes. Yep. 38 right now. Wow. Yep. I'm 40. Hmm. I'm trying to get like that in two, in two years. Oh, come on, two man. Years. You're shredded, man. <laughs> man, you know shredded is overrated. See, uh, there's um, gold muscles. You know, there's, a, uh, there's muscles and then there's gold muscles. Mm-hmm. I, w- I want to get to more gold muscle. Okay. But like with the... While you were in, you know, like how you, you dealt with uh, the solitary com- confinement, mm-hmm. you started training. Like, there's different levels of training, but why, why so hardcore? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, it goes back to mental health. My, uh, my challenge has always been um, trauma. I've dealt with a lot of pain in the past. Growing up? Yes, yes, yes. Um, and you okay to talk about some of that? Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like, I've seen close friends murdered in front of me. Uh, my 
mother died at the age of 45 in church in front of my three younger sisters on my sister's 11-year-old birthday. Um, I became the guardian of my three younger sisters at the age of uh, 24 and already had two children of my own. My dad, who was like my master, my king, taught me how to fight, martial arts, boxing, taught me how to be a man, really introduced me to working out at a young age, Uh, came to all my games along with my mother, and um, he woke up choking on the food he had the night before at the age of 41, and he died of asphyxiation. So I lost both of my parents. At 20 years old and then at 24, I experienced both of my parents passing. Um, I've been shot multiple times on different occasions. I have bullets in my back. I've been shot in my leg um, twice in one summer. Um, Yeah, my brother has been shot behind things that I've been into. I've just experienced a lot of trauma. Mm. And like, um, so were you involved in the street life at all? Yes. Yes, from 16 all the way up into 26, I sold drugs. Mm-hmm. My decision was, this is going to be the way that I take care of my son and his mother. Uh, wasn't the right decision, but in hindsight, looking back on it, this is where uh, a lot of the pain stemmed from. Mm-hmm. So to go back to your original question, while in solitary confinement, my thing was uh, I'm left to deal with just myself. I'm in this room by myself 23 hours a day, every single day for six months. You get out, 15-minute shower, 15-minute phone call, and then you're let out into a cage inside of a big baseball field. Um, the cage is the size of a cell, but you're in a big field uh, for half an hour for rec. And that rec would just be me walking in circles, communicating with myself. Mm-hmm. That's where uh, the warrior mindset began. I didn't know what it was, but it was just like creating that internal dialogue where I can you know, uh, encourage myself to get through this dark uh, phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of times it didn't work. So what I would do is while in the cell, I would just work out, just body weight exercises, push-ups, dips, sit-ups, planks, jumping jacks. Um, I was frustrated. I used to punch on the wall. I was angry. Mm-hmm. Um, I was left to just deal with myself. What were you frustrated and angry about? First, because I felt like an animal. I was locked in this cage. I... You know, my mother was gone, my father was gone, wanted to see my children, and uh, I felt like just dealing with a lot of regrets. I have two children on the outside, three younger sisters, and I'm sitting in a prison cell. You got things to do in you. Yes. So I started working out, and I would work out hard all throughout the day, and the goal would be to work out and get tired enough to just sleep the hours away. I knew that I had 180 days to do in the hole. Didn't really work. I would go to sleep, wake up, thinking it's... Four hours, five hours, only half an hour that I've slept. So um, I was forced to really deal with myself, and um, that's when I started, you know, journaling and uh, dealing with a lot of my demons. Mm. Yep. And um, how did you end up in the hole? A fight. So got in a fight with my uh, my cellmate. We have certain rules inside of prison amongst the inmates, and he violated one of the rules, and uh, that just called for you know me to be aggressive. Mm. So. Got into a fight, was given six months solitary confinement. And six months? That's where... A fight? Yes. That's it was, yeah. yeah it was, so it was in a, a, a type of prison where, like, they're low tolerance on any type of crime. And it I was see. in Virginia. I was a Pennsylvania inmate doing time in Virginia. So uh, the penalty was severe. However, it was actually one of the best things that happened to me because that's when I came up with this vision of the you know becoming a personal trainer and... Um, Writing some of my wrongs. Mm. 
So that was the goal. Like, damn, what can I do once I leave this place to be able to take care of my family, be proud about it, and also plant some positive seeds? Mm-hmm. And um, never had a job a day in my life. I said, you know what, I'll use this time, this uh, sentence to, uh, you know, build myself up and learn more about myself. So yeah, I've read everything from laws of nature, laws of the universe, anatomy, nutrition, uh, personal training, and uh, yeah, got my certifications. And the goal was once I left prison to become a personal trainer. Wow. So like, um, working out, exercising helped you while you were in the hole. Like, for, did it like get better over time in the hole from yes. ex- exercising? And then you were like, I found some. Yes, because the like I'm gonna say like honestly, the first thirty days of solitary confinement. The walls start feeling like they're closing in. I'm hallucinating. It's just like I'm frustrated because I can't leave this place, and I'm here all day. Mm-hmm. So I had to focus on um, something that could take me away from that, and it was basically an internal dialogue that I created where I would encourage myself. I would uh, um, affirm and then reaffirm all throughout the day just, just, just positive, powerful affirmations. I would uh, write in my journal about some of the things that I was going through that day, um, yeah, it was basically just picking myself apart. And then it hit me one day, and it's like, all right, cool. I'm in prison. However, if I can continue to keep this dialogue, I can change the trajectory. Because while in the streets before prison, the dialogue was, you know, I'm out here. I, I, I want to get rich and uh, be able to take care of my family, but I was just on the wrong path. So I had to change the dialogue and, um, and also believe in it. Because, like I said, I've never had a job. Yeah. So... How can I still be my own boss at the entrepreneurial spirit, but just on the wrong path? Okay. So, so like, um, in the growing up in the streets, like, did you have, did you see other options? Did you, people around you were doing the same thing? Like, why did you choose the streets? Well, the majority of people around me were doing the same thing. Uh, I grew up with my mother and father. My, my father was a lieutenant at a prison. My mother worked for the federal government. She was uh, worked in, in corporate at a post office. My challenge was the friends and the neighborhood that I was from coming home from school, I would see that, damn, I see my mom and them being able to take care of us, but I see fast money on these corners, guys that are younger than my parents. Um, And I was infatuated by it. I also had a son soon to come into this world, so I made a decision. Okay. And um, in hindsight, like, the consequences of those choices, would you have chose differently if you knew? You know, he's a... In hindsight, man, I would have made a lot of different decisions. Um, Because today, when I look at my neighborhood and how Philadelphia is right now, it's just like, wow, what can I do to not only change change the environment for my children, but also change the atmosphere for the city of Philadelphia? Not only the city of Philadelphia, you see that all over the country um where it's just uh destruction yeah it's, it's a it's a lifestyle that's being embraced and mm-hmm. glorified yep. through yeah. film and music but Absolutely. it's a dead end Total so dead uh end. I mean, you know from experience um i'm just out from the outside of observing have you ever ever heard of somebody named charleston's white charleston white yes, yes i have what are your thoughts on uh, his content uh my thoughts on his content is uh he is who he is he speaks his mind and uh I don't always agree with everything he says, but some of the things I do. One thing for sure, two things for certain, is um, to be a part of the solution, we have to speak against what's going on 
in our communities, but not only speak against it, against it, what are we doing? How are we being active in, you know, uh, changing those things? So I can't really say what he's actually doing outside of his interviews, but what I can say is I agree with him when it comes to we have to change. Mm. Yeah, it starts yeah. with us. I've been wa- I, I probably watched all his interviews, mm-hmm. and um, like, like you, I, I agree with some things he says. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with some things he says. He's got his, his own approach. Mm-hmm. I do know that he has a nonprofit for, for the youth okay. community. So he was doing that 10 years before doing the podcast and the interview stuff, which, which is great. But I've never heard somebody um, speak so passionately mm-hmm. against uh, the street life, against the gang life that was involved in it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was like refreshing. And, um, you know, he's risking his life by doing it because he's, he's calling out names. Mm-hmm. Speaking about speaking out about Lil Durk and a lot of mm-hmm. artists and um, people's deaths, mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes he's very disrespectful. But um, I I take the the meat and chew out the bones because um, I'm not him. I, I don't I don't walk in his shoes. Um, but I, I I see him doing something that I haven't seen a lot of men do. Well, um, to speak to like being a part of it and then to go through it with deaths and prison and all the heartache that I've caused my family, um, I can see why he's so passionate about it. Because when you're on that path and you're a part of the problem, you're quote unquote sleep. But once you become awoke and it's like, wow, all of these things that this illusion, this darkness that I was chasing, I was perpetuating, um, is something that's like growing like a wildfire. wildfire. Mm. So, I mean, I have, um, it bothers me a lot too when I see it. It bothers me because I'm like, wow, just with the music, if you think about it, when I speak about affirmations and I speak about that internal dialogue and the, sub, the power of the subconscious mind, it's like those frequencies that's coming through our music that's feeding the impressionable, these, the youth that's telling them, you know, opposition, you're, um, you're a demon, um, murder, death, kill, Savage. drugs. Yeah, exactly. All of those things is just like, how is that helping our community? And it's not. So I'm totally against it as well. So that type of music, I'm not knocking the artist, do what you do to make your money. But for me personally, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. So I don't, I don't listen to that much. It doesn't work for us as individuals or a community. Uh. But there aren't a lot of people speaking out against it. In fact, there's more, more people glorifying it. Absolutely. Because they're like, I know the lyrics are toxic, but I'm just dancing to the melody and the beat. But the thing is, the lyrics are actually killing people like people going to, out to kill and they're yes. making making music so so they can get increased sales yep. so when you talk about change like black lives matter i'm like where's that energy absolutely like, when it comes to like our community like ourselves and each other um and i say that too i'm like i don't see black lives matter anywhere posted up in the neighborhoods that i'm from where the killing and the murder is actually happening every single day. Yeah. I don't see it at it's, all. It's like uh, we're comfortable with that type of crime, that type of death. Desensitized. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. So, like, um, I think, um, you know, you, you, you want to take action, and you, you, you have taken action in speaking up against, mm-hmm. uh, supporting what you support and what you don't support, speaking up against it publicly, um, will inspire people because like on social media, yeah, I see a strong black man going hard at the weights, but it's like people's like, yeah, he's a monster. He's a beast, but they don't, they don't know the story and they, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll come up their own stories. 
And um, I think it's important to hear it from the horse's mouth, like um, the backstory, the, the mindset, what warrior mindset means. I've, I've seen it, but some people use those words lightly. Mm-hmm. Warrior mindset, workout, you know, athlete, workout in general. For some people, it's just, it's just a hobby. There's, there's nothing more to it. They don't even realize that it's, it's mental health. Yeah. It's therapy. So um, Speaking of therapy, I have uh, my first therapy session tomorrow. Um, first ever? Nah, I've had it before, and I've tried it when I came out of prison. It was one of the things that I promised myself, myself that I would do, and I didn't give it a chance. Uh, the first reason um, that I kind of, like, said that it doesn't work for me is because I had a therapist that really didn't understand me. And her first thing was she wanted to prescribe me medication. Oh, no. So I'm like, nah, that's, that's something with the way that I live my life and, and focusing on being all natural I couldn't do that. I understand that I'm hyperactive. I also understand that some of the traumas that I've experienced, are, I'm like a product of my environment. But that being said, um, I tried another therapist. And it worked off and on, but the challenge for me was it took me back down that dark path, and I was reliving it every single time that I seen her, and I would leave the session just extremely drained. I would leave it even more uh, frustrated and um, depressed. Mm. Uh, so... We fast forward, and that was years ago. I've been out of prison. I came out of prison in 2014, from 2009 to 2014. Fast forward years ago and years now, and I'm just like having a better understanding of myself and some of the things that I need. Talk therapy would be good just to get some of these things out of my, uh, out of my system and on paper so that I can understand different game plan and exercise to be able to not pass those traumas down to my son mm-hmm. or my daughter, for that matter. Yeah, cleansing and healing. Cleansing so. And healing. When's the first first one? My first session is tomorrow. I have talk uh, talk therapy session tomorrow, and um, yeah, it's it's going to be powerful because it'll build upon my my internal dialogue. It'll also allow me to see some of the things that I need to work on. Mm. So I look look in the mirror and just totally be honest with that reflection. Uh, that's that's that powerful. I applaud you on on you know taking that step. Yes, uh, I mean like like you said, you know, having to re- reface. I, I mean. I'm speaking from the outside looking in, but ha- having to reface trauma to like understand it, examine it, mm-hmm. and uh, overcome it is is it takes a lot of strength, and um, a lot of us have to do that with different things we've been through, mm-hmm. and um, I believe like uh, aggression and violence and a lot of that stuff is like is is shielding trauma yes. in, in our community, and so we gotta talk more. It's like it doesn't have to be publicly about every topic. Mm-hmm but at least to another brother, another sister, yes. or somebody you trust, somebody that understands you, like you said. I think that's very important. Um, another challenge that's going on in the neighborhoods, I know for a fact, is all of the trauma that a lot of the guys that are you know, committing these robberies, these homicides, these attempted murders, the traumas that they've dealt with, and you know, seeing people die in front of them, not having their father, not having their mother around, I know that those traumas are then being perpetuated, because like they say, the quote-unquote, quote hurt people hurt people Most so definitely. it's like when you're upset and you're angry of, at your environment and then you're looking in the mirror and you don't love the reflection it's almost like everybody that you see that looks like yourself is a target right i mean like if if love is not coming in well, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I don't, I'm not gonna have any love to, to dish out mm-hmm. um you know i've been through trauma that's what i'm gonna exp- express and like i know um growing up i, I didn't go through these type of traumas but like I um I would say like I was sensitive to like uh, situations. I get hurt 
gotcha. easily. Um, I thought, is it because I'm soft, uh, sensitive? What, what is it? My mom was like, well, you, you can't be sensitive. You're a man. And I, and, I, and I was like, I believed her and everything, but I was just like, still, I get offended. Mm-hmm. People look at me funny. or <laughs> So I, I didn't understand it growing up. And um, people used to laugh at me if I was crying about something simple. And so I was like, I'll, I'll stop crying. I'll just be aggressive and see how that works. And <laughs> I, I, uh, I like the response better from uh, um, taking on a different character. Gotcha. And um, so in uh, Charleston White, one of the things he said, he's like when he was uh, in juvenile for the crimes he committed, people around him that were killers, when he, he got to know them, they were pretty much boys that were traumatized. Mm. But, but they're never going to show you that. All you're going to see is heat aggression right aggression or violence or crime and so he's focused on the youth and like trying to uh uh be there for them like be a refuge to the youth before they they turn into you know they take on these characters because it's harder to reach them then so it's funny uh, you said that man because like that's where you hear the anf action figure the character just getting kicked and punched in his abs on instagram where you're seeing these these different videos that i'm telling that you see on my page yeah while in solitary confinement, Lewis, me, the human being, I felt weak at times. I also felt like I needed to create something stronger than myself to be able to get through day in and day out in this box. So um, instead of dealing with that pain right off, I just you know, cut that emotion off and uh, became even more aggressive. So yeah, that is a challenge because it's almost like um, it's almost like the imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. where you create something outside of yourself because you don't want to deal with the things that um, are natural. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. not, or not deal with it in a, a more productive, healthy way. Mm-hmm. And so, and, um, but you probably had to be extra aggressive in there, huh? Like, Absolutely. I mean, in life in general, even before prison, just being in the streets where... Yeah, the environment. Yeah. My car was shot up 15 times. I was shot in my back. I still had a, The bullet is still in my back. Mm-hmm. Um, I was shot my hamstring as well. And then a month later, I got into something else and was shot again. So it's like a, you know, a conflict of different. Uh, just street stuff. Just, yep. I mean, there's drugs involved. There's jealousy involved. There's a bunch of firearms. There's a bunch of money involved. It's just, yeah, it's, it's demonic. Right. It's demonic. It's Eventually, demonic. you're just going to go head to head with uh, opposition. Mm-hmm. And it's either death or jail is the outcome. Uh, but I wanted to speak to something when I speak about action and being a part of something that could, you know, that's planting positive change. seeds. Yes, there's a, a organization in Philadelphia called uh, NOMO, N-O-M-O, and it's New Options, More Opportunities. Um, there's a guy that um, by the name of Ricky Duncan, he's the guy who created it, did a bunch of prison time, came from the streets, and he created this program for the youth to have options, to have different opportunities to do things outside of the street. So they have job readiness programs. They, um, they get paid. Um, they go on all types of trips. They teach them about mental health. Um, I'm involved with that program. Nice. And um, it's just really good to see it. So if you check it out, uh, NOMO. I'll definitely check yeah. it out and uh, share the link in the description. Yes, new options, more opportunities. So just seeing that, man, it brings uh, warmth to my heart. Because when I'm driving around with my daughter and I'm driving with my son and I'm talking to my children, about the things that I've been through, but also the perseverance to where I am today, it feels good to take them to those type of places and be able to speak to the youth. And uh, yeah, man, it's it. Uh, you take the kids with planet. you? Yes, yes. I'm uh, I'm consistently with my children. My uh, my daughter has her own business, um, so we started her LLC. She has her own pastry company, 
My nice. son does Forex and he, he works as well, overnight stock at Walmart. Um, and they both help with the Warrior Mindset brand. So yeah, it's been a it's been a whole 180. It's been a whole 180. So the bond Beautiful. and the connection that I have with my children and my sisters and my brother is extremely powerful, man. So it feels good. Are you is your, are your siblings still in Philadelphia? Yes, my sis, my siblings and my uh, children in Philadelphia. I fly back to Philly. When I first moved out here, it was uh, once a month. So every three weeks, I was flying back to Philly. Mm. So now, um, what I do is um, every three months, I fly back to Philly. Okay. Yep. And there's no and issues when you go out. back. I, nah, nah, no issues at all. No issues at all. Yeah, that's in the past. All that stuff is the past. Um, even the people that I know that are still in the street, they respect that I'm uh, that I've uh, yeah, I'm done with the streets. Gotcha. Yep. And um, with the no more, what um. What are some of the things you're you're part of? Like, okay, so what I do normal? is when I when I'm in Philadelphia, I go and I speak to the youth. Mm-hmm. Not only about the things that I've been through in the past, because a lot of the youth they're coming from the street, and Nomo has pulled them in and is trying to show them another way. So not only some of the things that I've experienced in the past, but also how I've been able to use those traumas, identify them, and then use it in this world right here with business, your LLC, your paying of the insurance. Uh, just your taxes, all of these different things where you're running a business on social media and in person. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've shared my journey with them, and I also offer resources for those individuals that want to do the same thing or something similar. Um, I'm also there, and I help them with working out because they have equipment there too. So I show them how to train properly. and We just connect, man. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing. That's definitely needed. Mm-hmm. And um, do you know what you're up against? Yes. Yes. What, what, what in your, from your perspective, what are you up against as far as what, with what you're trying to do? Well, what you're up against is uh, it's like uh, everybody wants the fast pass. Rap, the streets, this is the fast pass. So almost like fitness, this is the weight loss pill. How do I get rich the fastest? And that's through drugs. That's through robbery. But they don't, they don't tell you the flip side that comes along with that. So what I feel like I'm up against is the thing that I was looking at at the age of 16 myself. Like you know what? Why that image? To, yeah, why do I go to school all of these diff- all these years where I can just you know pick up a package and you know get rich overnight? But that's not the case. It's an illusion. And I stand here to stand here today and say, damn, if it's one thing that I can tell my sixteen year old self, it would be just to pay attention to those individuals who truly love you, and not the glitz and the glamour. Because my mother and my father was giving me the understanding, giving me the knowledge, giving me the game, giving me the love. And the streets was giving me something else that I was infatuated by, but that fast pass only leads to destruction. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're definitely aware of what, what you're up against mm-hmm. and what what the youth is up against. See, even if they're not in the streets, it's just a it's an image that um influences the whole globe. Yes. And so, like, well, one of the things uh, I know I'm like bringing up Charleston White's name a lot. Mm-hmm. He was like, um, he was like, I grew up listening to gangster rap, and he said. He said he was um he was upset when he found out Ice Cube and uh Tupac weren't gangsters, mm. um, and that these were you know entertainers. Yes. And um, he's like, so y'all been sell, selling me a lot. He's like, he's like the rappers uh they're not the ones putting in the work. Not at all. And as as a matter of fact, now it's changed over time. Now mm-hmm. now people are putting in the work, and then they're making music about the work, and um. Because they, that's what's selling. Sells. That's what is. That's what's in demand. But he's saying that that image is uh, influencing destruction, destruction in the community. Yes. So if you want to uh, uh, change 
help change the community, you gotta destroy that image. Yes. You gotta you gotta destroy that image and and show people, like if 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 you're gonna glorify gangster music, also tell them what happens uh, with the family members, the mothers, yes, the funerals, the the opposition going mm. after each other, jail, like the short lived, the pain and the trauma, like. You guys not uh, rapping about that. Not at uh, all. So he was he was saying you can't show him this, but that, and I was like that that's powerful. So like um, with what I want to do with media, with what we're doing right now, yeah, we're, we're talking about it. That's a huge step forward, but um, I'm up against media. Yes, and media, music, and visuals is very powerful, very influential. So while me and you are talking, um, a song could go from here to. The other side of the world, and, if, and, and then that uh, you you know how the mental and the spiritual works, mm-hmm. um, with sound, yes, the lyrics, the words, the affirmation, frequency, right? So Vibration. um, I'm like, we have access to those same tools. Um, so like, how do we use these same tools to shine light and tell truth? Because um, like you can't bring a knife to the gunfight type right. thing, right? So like, what we're doing is, is important. And uh, we'll, 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 some of the audience uh, you know, catch on to Absolutely. this dialogue. But um, my opposition is doing a lot more to, to, to destroy. So I got I to gotta do more. Yes. Um, and staying firm on who you are. Yeah. Like that's, that's, at the end of the day, I feel like that's another challenge. It's like being afraid to be who you are in front of the camera. Like you know who you are, but it's just like this isn't the popular thing. Right. Say or to be. I would say that we deal with that in the fitness industry as well. <laughs> so it's like, nah, this is because ultimately, at the end of the day, you are what you attract. So if I'm putting a certain energy out there that, that I'm not, that this is an imposter, I'm going to attract imposters. Mm-hmm. My goal and my vision is to, to push authenticity because I want to attract those individuals that are in alignment with my mission. Mm-hmm. And that's why I speak about, you know, that first and last line of defense being our internal dialogue, the conversation that we're having with ourselves, mm-hmm. like defining ourselves and leading with that truth and not being afraid to lead with that truth. Because ultimately it's just like, that's all we have. All we have is the conversation with ourselves because once we feed ourselves something, we, we act it out. So I'm, I'm happy to be on this platform because this is what I feel, this connection, yeah, this is authenticity. Yeah, we're, we're, we don't have too many of these, uh, mm-hmm. and not enough. Yes. Um, Especially from man to man, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, I could say animosity, like yes. when we see each other. Not, not specifically me and you, but like, and I, I would say it's partly because of influence. Yes, <laughs> because it's like it's like I gotta I gotta be watchful when I'm around brothers because of the influence. Mm-hmm. It's not because of, for me, it's not because of experience. I didn't grow up in a bad neighborhood, Got you. a rough neighborhood. I mean, you you did. It was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, I'm just like, why am I, you know, being watchful when I didn't grow up? Like, so it's crazy how that works, man. And, um, Media gives us that as well. Like, it's just, it, it tells you how to, how to think, how to speak. It creates how a separation. Like, I'm like, why is Scarface, like, the, one of the most pop- popular characters in um, you know, posters mm-hmm. in, our, in our homes? I was like. Yeah, and why is, neg- why is negativity, <laughs> like, put on this pedestal when someone's pushes something positive, like you can just, if you look at your timeline or you look at the Explorer page, there's big bold words about just destruction. And you very rarely see positivity being pushed. However, my whole thing is coming from a destructive past, 
Like, I'm strong enough in my stance to say, yo, the positive way is where it's at, man. The yeah. negative, destructive way is just like a lot of people that are even pushing it haven't even experienced it. They're glorifying things that they haven't even experienced themselves. All right. So it's all like it's it's all an illusion. I used to wonder why uh, why people uh, enjoyed bad guys, mm-hmm. like the villains. And um, I was like, it's it's. I believe it's because they're sometimes they they give up this uh, personality of being fearless or confident. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sometimes the good guys are not they're not confident enough, or or they fear too much. Mm. And I'm like, that's that's not an image of him. That's not that's not like that's. That's a man that hasn't found himself yet. Yes. So I'm like, the media really shows like the the bad guys out to be tough guys, mm-hmm. but I'm like, in real life, they're not I because don't. because like um if if you're be, being destructive to yourself, your brother, your mother, your community, that's not being a tough guy. That's 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 suicide. That, Absolutely. So how how's that making you a, a tough guy? But like if you that's the image and the picture you put out and you have storylines. It looks good, sounds good, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to take on that character yeah. and, and get work done. Um, so I understand, you know, I, I'm a filmmaker. I went to film school. We learn how to manipulate minds. Mm. Uh, so they, they taught us how to manipulate minds. So we have we have um, the power to manipulate minds. So there's, there's a responsibility that comes with that. And... Um, more people need to speak speak on it and not just go along with the flow and just capitalize off it. Most definitely. And and I'm talking about from like because um hip hop music gets played everywhere. Yes. Uh a lot of different people make money off hip hop that has nothing to do with the streets. Mm-hmm. The death and the trauma that comes with it. Yes. So a lot of different people need to take responsibility and speak on it. But I'm not um gonna wait for somebody else to do it. I'm if I see it and I hear and I believe and I'm com- I have a conviction, then I'll speak on it. And then after words, follow, uh, action follows. Yes. Um, and so you have influence. You have over what, a half a million followers yeah. on Instagram alone. Mm. So at the end of the day, it's just like all we can do is continue to plant that seed and uh, yeah, that garden will yeah. grow. Do a part. For sure. But like uh, g- growing up and um, even now, are there, do you see people coming together to speak? about these topics like we're talking about? Yes. The challenge yeah. is um, there, are, there are individuals who have been through it. So not so much as the individuals who are actually in it. And that's the challenge with hindsight being twenty twenty. Ah, Because when I was 16 and my father was, you know, trying to tell me this is the route and other individuals who have been there and experienced that are telling me, look, don't go this route. Being in it and going through it and coming out of it on the other side is two different things. So it's hard to, not impossible, but it's hard to reach that individual who's actually experiencing it right there, especially if we're not offering them any type of alternative that um, could get them towards their goals. And a lot of times we don't even have goals when we're in it. It's just like the money. You can make money doing a lot of different things, but... We almost be going to this thing where it's like we're chasing death or we're chasing a prison cell. And um, when it's all said and done, you don't have much to show for it. And you have to start over on the right path or let's just say the legal path. Yep. Hey, so like it's a it's a struggle to reach them and then also show them that here's, here's the other it's, options. Yes. It's, it's two obstacles. But um, it's like even right now. 
I mean, the, pr- the pressure is, like, real because yes. I'm not in the streets. I'm not from the streets, but, like, I, I hear in the music and even the blogs are talking about bodies. That's it. So, like, so now if you got a body, you're glorified. You, and um, as, as men, boys to men, there's, there's a lot of pressure put on us to, like, oh, you got 100 girls. Like, this one's got 1,000 girls. Like, there's that pressure and, like, going with the flow and just doing what everybody's just doing is doing just because, not because it's healthy. Mm-hmm. It's like, not because it's going to you know, set you up for life, but because that's what people are doing. That, that's the trend. And it, it's crazy because now that's something else. The, this this gen, young generation's mm-hmm. got to um, struggle with yes. not, not having to have killed. Like I, I was in the military and, um, I would say that's something that was glorified. Some of the soldiers were like, were, were happy to talk about, yeah, kills. I got bodies. It okay. kills. They had kills. Snipers talking about they got kills and all that. And um, it's, I don't know, it, it might have been a thing already in the streets, but like now it's uh, in the music. Now it's in the music and the blogs and the, the comments. And yes. Everything's so desensitized. It's, it's like we all need a wake-up call. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Like you, you need to see it in front of you to, mm-hmm. to like start respecting the fact that it's not unhealthy for you i mean but even when it's pushed it's it gets so it's people are desensitized because it people are seeing the homicides and the death people are also seeing it in person but it's almost like it's glorified because this is the cool thing it's like it means it's the culture end. right now exactly exactly and i'm just like it's the culture for a certain group mm. like our culture is here that culture is there and we just have to continue to push our agenda Ultimately, because that's all you can do. Right. Um, and hopefully at the end of the day, it could, it could lay on those airs of guys that are actually in it, because that's the only way that things can change is if the people that are in it are like, you know what? Damn, let me let me go this route. Let me try something different before that time comes where you're shot up. Um, you're fighting for your life or you're in prison. Like I still have a bullet in my back where my spine is that I could be paralyzed or even dead right now. Mm. I have two children of my own. So the challenge then becomes these individuals who are having children, we're passing trauma down, and that's why I'm so like adamant and, and bent on I have to push a certain message. I have to stand on a certain message. I have to embody that message because, you know, I have children that I'm responsible for, not mm. only mine but my sisters and also individuals who look up to me. Mm. So my message is, you know, all positive vibrations all the time. You put that energy out there, you'll receive that energy. And this yeah. is why death or jail comes from being in the streets because that's the vibration. That's the energy that the majority of us, when we're in that realm, put out there. So you receive that. That's crazy. So, like, um, you read books while you were in prison. How did that influence your mindset, perception, how you viewed life, your past, present, and the way you wanted to go? Well, we started talking, started uh, when I speak about the laws of nature and laws of attraction, the laws of universe, the laws of nature, um, um, the laws of compensation. It's like the seeds that I was planting and experiences that I was going through all aligned. You know, seeing my best friend murdered, two, be- two friends, seeing them murdered in front of me, being shot multiple times, experiencing all of these different trials and tribulations because I was in that act, I was planting those seeds. I was, ex- I was experiencing and I was a part of the drama and the trauma. So once I started reading and, and, and understanding, like, all right, what you put your energy into starts to manifest in your life and in your mind, it's like, all right, let me start channeling my energy somewhere else. 
And that's when I started, you know, reading about personal training and nutrition because I knew that this was going to be the avenue that allowed me to escape the dope game mm. and still be able to take care of my family. Gotcha. Okay, let me start understanding the anatomy on, on a level where it's all about energy and the vibration that we put out. So that was something that I started saying. Let me do some practices. Let me wake up thinking about positivity. Let me wake up thinking, okay, I'm in this prison cell physically, but my mind and my spirit can be wherever I want it to be. Mm. So I started to meditate. Um, I got still. And solitary confinement for me was the opportunity for me just to silence all of the outside noise. No distractions. No distractions. Um, it was a dark place, but it also became a place where I was uh, for like a rebirth. I was calm, peaceful. After that first 30 days where, you know, it was the, the getting used to, I said, you know what, my goal and my vision, I'm going to channel all my energy towards manifesting it. So I didn't have time to think about being in a cell. It's like, what can I read now? How can, what, what letter, what can I write out to my son and my daughter about some of the things that I'm experiencing in terms of getting better internally that could possibly help them or give them a better insight on who their father is today versus who that person was when the cops kicked the door in and their mother was in cuffs and my children are watching that happen. So those things really took me to another level and uh, the thirst for knowledge. I started processing information even more quicker. There's, there's no anything, no sex, there's no TV, there's no, no anything. I'm in this box by myself. And um, that's when I became more acquainted with myself mm -hmm. and created that warrior mindset where that internal dialogue is like, you know what, I am better. I feel good. This is a great day. And people may think that it's this voodoo or whatever it is, but it actually works because it's just subconscious. It's what you're feeding yourself day in and day out. Right. That, that voice, that conversation is very important. So, yeah, and it has to be strong and powerful because, like, you're up against, like you said, opposition. You're up against so much. You're being told you're not shit. You're being told you're a felon. You're being told you're a nigger. You're being told that you're a young father that left his children out there. You're being told all these different things. And then, not to mention the stuff that the guards do to you, while you're in prison, in solitary confinement. It's corruption you, there? Yes, all types of, yeah. I mean, there's times where there would be one guy on the block that's acting unruly, banging on the door, just acting loud, cursing the guards out. They even, you know, defecate and urine inside milk cartons and throw it at the guards. All different oh, types man. of crazy things. And what they'll do is, you know what? No one's eating lunch today. Or everybody's going to miss dinner. Now, mind you, our last meal of the day is 4 p.m., our next day, our next meal isn't until 6 a.m. the following day. Mm. So from 4 p.m. to 12 midnight, all the way up until 6 a.m., you're in this cell with small meal. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you guys are not going to eat dinner today. So I'm like, all right, cool. Got to just push through it. There's so many different things you got to experience in there that it's like, you know what, I'm going to get through this. And it's not about doing it one day at a time. It's about doing one moment at a time when you're in prison. One moment. One moment at a time, man. Yeah. Sheesh. So like that's that that is that's totally a different warrior mindset. It's <laughs> different. And after like, four years, real quick, this is the last thing. After four years, because my sentence was initially four to ten years. After four years, you go see something, some uh, group of panel called the uh, parole board. Uh -huh. They uh, determine whether or not you will be paroled. So four years is your minimum. Ten years is your maximum. And in between that time, you can be sent home on uh, supervised uh, release. So four years goes past, and I'm waiting on this. I got my family next to the phone, letting them know how it's going to go. Go see the parole board, and uh, they asked me, Louis, what do you think we should do with you today? Now, mind you, I'm waiting for this day for four years. Letting them know I got these certifications. These are the things I learned. I'm no longer 
thinking about going to the street. I'm totally finished with the street. The judge is recommending that you do the entire 10 years, so go back to your cell. We'll review your case in another year. Just like that. Sheesh. I get an additional year. So four years turns into five years. And it was during that time that I realized, you know what? If my vision is to change my life, it's not about being free. It's not about being in prison. It's about me remaining in alignment, whether in prison or free, and doing everything I could possibly do to better myself. So I used that last year to really, really focus on that mind. And that warrior mindset got even stronger because that's when I began to journal. Like, not just the good things, but some of the things that I knew that I was perpetuating and no longer served me and had to be done with. So, uh, yeah, that extra year, it was devastating in the beginning, but it actually helped me to be uh, even more uh, stronger internally. Thank God for that. Yep. So, like, um, when you got out, did you go back to the same environment? How did, how did you take the steps? Because, like, mm-hmm. some people go back to the same environment, and that takes them back to jail. When I, when I got out of prison, uh, luckily I had a, a good woman, a mother of my children, uh, Daia, very special woman. Um, my son and my daughter uh, were all there waiting. My sisters were doing well. so Everything was going good. And the, the most important thing was when I came out, I wasn't in a hurry to be able to take care of everything financially. So my goal was no matter how hard it got, I was going to focus on building my personal training business. So one client led to two clients, two clients led to three clients, and ultimately, after training, I would just go back in the house and enjoy my family. You got to remember, this is five years away from my children. I missed five solid years. My daughter was four when I went away. She was nine when I came home. And my son was, um, he was nine. He was 14 when I came home. Hmm. So... um, yeah, it was a challenge. Yeah, it was it was a hard challenge. So to be able to come home and be around um, their mother, um, who is now a good, solid friend of mine. We're no longer together, but we we both co-parents. She's a great woman. To be able to be around my daughter and pour into her. Her name's My Joy. I named her um, My Joy, and my son Louis yeah. Ford Jr. And see my sisters um, and all the trauma that we've been able to persevere through. It's uh. Yeah, it motivates me, man. The whole family had to develop a more of a mindset. Whole family. Actually, my sister, who, the oldest sister, she seen my mother and my father pass. She ran downstairs. My father was holding his throat, falling all over the living room, and he died of asphyxiation. She was 11 at the time. And, That's right. uh, yeah, four years later, she's in church um, with my other sisters, and she seen my mother pass. And my 11 year old sisters, this is her birthday. So Dawn, Selena, Giovanna, three younger sisters, man, they've been through so much. And, uh, yeah, my goal is to uh, do as much as I can possibly do to make these uh, years of their life better. No father, no mother, and they're doing great. My sister Giovanna has her master's. Dawn has her own um, hair business. And uh, mm-hmm. Selena has her child, and she's, uh, she's doing well with her job. Everyone's um, doing their thing. Yep, Giovanna has a master's, and she has twins and a daughter. And she's a therapist, a trauma therapist. That's actually my first session tomorrow. Hold up. My Family sister. member is doing the therapy? Yes, my older sister. She has her master's. Oh, that's what's up. Yes. Yep. Uh, she definitely understands you. Yes, bro. So that's going to be powerful, man. It's going to be a way to connect. So she lives oh, we, oh, she's over the phone. We're going to do Zoom. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Yep. And um, so, like, you, you probably heard p- some people get out and go back to doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. What, what's... um. 
what do you think they need to help them uh, fight? Okay, and change direction. Like, well, it's not. A, it isn't yeah. even about when you come out. It's about your your journey while in prison. Okay, what, what yes. you're doing to change? Exactly, because it's almost like once you leave that place, it's so many different challenges. Remember, prison is a controlled environment. So, like, everything is on the schedule. And time is going to go whether you wake up or you, you stay in your bed all day long. Mm. With that being said, it's like, what, what do you do to prepare to get where you have to go once you leave? And for me, it was just basically about sitting down and, and figuring out what are my strengths. Because in the street, I did learn some things that, can, that still help me today. Mm. What are some of the things that I learned while in the street that I can go ahead and use in a legitimate world? Mm. So that would be the first thing. Like, ask yourself, what do you love? A lot of people don't want to work with people. I know that. You may have to. Also, if you have to go that route, still set up a plan to be able to be your own boss. Independent. Yep, that's the key. And that's what I teach my daughter. That's why she has her own LLC. That's what I teach my son. That's why he's working on his LLC while he works overnight stock at Walmart, and he does Forex. Nice. Yep. And um, did you lift weight? Were you lifting weights? Yes. yes. While, while you were in? Actually, yeah. I went in I went in at 175. And I came out of prison at 220. So during five years, I put on 50 pounds. I went in at 100. 50 pounds? Yes. 175 pounds. Mostly muscle? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. How much you weigh right now? So I'm uh, 230, 233 right now. What? Yes. I got to see a picture. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, was, I came out 225. Uh, at first, you don't have any weights when you first come through, but then once you go to the prison that you're going to be at, you get access to the weights. And luckily, the prison I had, we had, a, we had like the state-of-the-art gym, um, SEI retreat. And, you know, I started learning. I'm going to be a personal trainer, so all of the books that I had, nutrition books that I had, you can purchase food off a of commissary, and you can also eat as much as you want at the child hall. Reason being, the majority of guys at my table don't eat vegetables. So all four of the guys that are at my table, I'm giving, they're throwing all of their uh, tray full of vegetables on my plate, and I would bring my own chicken, and then I would buy my commissary. And, uh, yeah, I put on 50 pounds while in prison, 175 to 225. That's crazy. So you were yep. applied own, knowledge. You yep. had your own project going. Yes, applied knowledge, genetics, and think about it. Your T levels are through the roof. There's no sex. You, you get the, the key uh, component is you sleep so much. So you rest. You have three yards. So you get to work out three times per day. You have your three meals. You were training three times a day? No, yes. I was training three times a day. So weights in, the, weights in the morning, and in the afternoon, we would do our calisthenics, and in the evening, we would train core. So all core, core, core works. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm learning more stuff about the anatomy. I'm learning more stuff about nutrition from our certification books. I'm like, you know what? My goal is to get my body to be a walking billboard once I leave prison. So that was my main focus. When I would train, I, I would realize, like, you know, if I train as if my life depends on it, because you're in prison and things can go down whenever, um, I can have the body reflect that. But not just have the body. Once a person asks me a question, I can open my mouth and be able to articulate my blueprint, my formula, my process. So I wanted to not only have the body, so I worked on the mind and the spirit as well. So you came out a warrior. Yes. In the mind and body. Yes, yes. I thought it came out just feeling rejuvenated, um, <laughs> family, powerful, physically, mentally, and spiritually. And I also had a, uh, had a goal, I had a vision. And that was at the end of 2014. Now uh, we're at 2021, have my business, have my merchandise. 
I'm online training uh, my second company. Uh, it feels amazing. It feels great. And I also live out here in um, L.A. now. And one of my goals, top three goals, is to be able to relocate my family. Okay. Yep. So get them in a different environment as well mm -hmm. because it's all about exposure. Why so, L.A.? Why, why did I move out here? Yeah. So it, at first it wasn't just for fitness. It was like, damn, I came out here and I would see mountains and oceans. And when I was in solitary confinement, that's all I thought about. Like, mm -hmm. you know, just sitting on a beach, uh, just hearing the wind, um, going to the mountains and, and being able to write in my journal and just, just take it all in. So, you know, going to different places while when, after I came out of prison just to visit, I said, damn, L.A. feels good. I like it. And I'd also just recently, uh, had, at the time, I had separated from my children's mother. We were together 21 years. So wow. we met uh, the first week in ninth grade, and we separated around, I was 30, she was 34, I was 33. Mm -hmm. um, we have two children together, beautiful home. She's a beautiful woman. We're solid, we're really good friends right now. Mm -hmm. So I needed a little change as well. I needed to create that separation, and um, it's kind of devastating to break up. So I wanted to do something and uh, be able to, you know, identify who I am by myself. So I had to basically create that uh, solitary confinement once again gotcha. to reconnect with myself. Gotcha. When, uh, when did social media come about? Social media came about immediately. I mean, my, uh, when I was in prison, my son and my daughter were telling me about, you know, Instagram and Facebook and things. Yeah, I, was sharing, I was sharing my goals. I was saying, like, this is what I'm going to do. I wanted to hold myself accountable, but I also wanted to put it out there because I understand the power of writing things down and also sharing those uh, those dreams with individuals who love you. So I would, sh I would share with them, and they were telling me, like, all right, this is what's going on with social media. So when I came out, you know, when I left, it was like a BlackBerry. Uh, and when, <laughs> I, when I came out, it's like this, this touch screen, and they're talking about Instagram and Facebook, and I'm like, I really didn't know how to do it. So what I would do is I would go in the basement, work out. Really didn't have a membership either yet. So I would work out in my basement, and I would have my daughter record me working out. And I would tell her just to uh, speak power to me. So she would, uh, let's get it, Dad. Let's get it all natural, Dad. I love you, Dad. Stay strong, Dad. So having my child. So she called you all natural, or you, yes, you came up with it? I came up with that because, like, that was, that was the, while in prison, that's what, that's what guys would call me because I would eat a bunch of vegetables. I, I, was, I would speak oh, about, natural. Yeah, I would speak about uh, the clean lifestyle mentally, physically, and spiritually. So I came out, and I ran with it, and I got that was my first LLC, um, All Natural Fitness. Second one was Warrior Mindset. So she would speak so much power to me, and then it would also, like, touch me because I'm like, I have my daughter who believes in me, who's right over top of me recording me, and this is at rock bottom. I didn't even have, I had no clients, didn't really have any followers. I think the post got like 18 likes. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I knew I had something. I knew it, and I was going to give everything that I got in, have inside myself to not only limit, not only avoid the streets, but also bring this, this dream into fruition. Mm. And, uh, She's a major part of that. So is my sons, my sisters. A lot of motivation right exactly. there. Exactly. So, you know, it felt amazing. And uh, still to this day, I had reposted that, that video. And now it's like a ton of views, ton of likes, ton of, ton of comments and reshare and reposts and things of that nature. But the key with that is it wasn't about the likes and shares mm. in the beginning. Nor is it like that now because 
I always believed in myself. Like, coming out of prison, I'm like, this right here has to work. Like, there's no other option. There's no other plan B. I can't go back to the street. It would be detrimental. Mm-hmm. Um, one story that my children's mother gave me that devastated me while in prison is the first two months after I went to prison, my daughter slept at the top of the steps on the floor at the top of the steps waiting for me to come home. She didn't even want to sleep in her bed because she was thinking that I was going to come home at night. Mm. So I was sitting in a cell and wore tears in my eyes. I mean, it was painful. It was extremely painful. Like, this is my daughter. This is the, the girl that I named my joy because she's my joy. The girl that I used to talk to her mother's stomach. I love this girl so much. And she's waiting for me to come home, and I won't be home for another five years. What year was this? When you this, was the first, this, was the, this was the first year. This was the first two months of my prison sentence. So, yeah, it was 2009 I went away. 2009. And I came home 2014. It was supposed to be a four to ten year sentence, and it turned into five wow. years. That's crazy. Yeah, 2009 and 2014. But while in prison, that experience, man, it showed me so much, built so much character. Um, and it also allowed me to reconnect with who I truly was. Because I feel like I was born with this, and my parents used to always tell me I had it. But uh, somewhere in between there, I was went down that path of darkness, and I didn't lose my life. So I'm like, damn, I God. got a bullet in my back. I got been shot up all these different times. I've seen death right up in front of me, um, and I'm still here. I have a purpose. I have a mission. And this is why I go so hard. This is why you see the videos, because it's just like yeah, – Go hard, bro. I have to, bro. This is a lot of times it's me also fighting some demons that still lurk. Mm-hmm. So, in the spirit of total transparency, this is why I'm uh, doing talk therapy. And this is also this experience I had with my Achilles just recently, partially t- tearing my Achilles. It had what me, uh playing around, no, no working out, nah, just on, on this curb. I had finished a two hour workout and walked out of the gym. And I'm like, ask my friend, I say, yo. Record me real quick. So I'm walking to my car. <laughs> explosive jump, explosive jump, explosive jump, wind sprint. I'm like, hold on, let's, let's do it one more time. Long story short, we recorded it three times, and I said, damn, I want it to be a little bit more crisp. Let's do one more video. So on the fourth video. Explosive jump up. Yes. Exp- on the fourth jump up, I had Atomics on. You know what they are, like the right-of-wear sneakers. Right. I had those on unleashed. So I'm like, you know oh. what? Let's do one more. I did it. One more time. Explosive jump, explosive jump, explosive jump. It's on YouTube. And as soon as I took off, pop. You heard, you heard it or felt it? I felt it and heard it. And it felt like somebody hit me in the back of the uh, leg and ankle. And it also felt like a gunshot. So I stopped for a second. And there's people around. So I'm like, they're like, yo, you cool? I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. So my friend, my really good friend, he was the only one that I was going to tell that I was injured. So everybody left. And he was like, yo, Lou, we got to leave. It's been like 20 minutes. You're still sitting here. I'm like, yo, it's not good, man. So long story short, it's a partial Achilles rupture. No surgery. It happened April 23rd. It's now, what, June? What, three months later. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I get the boot off in another week, and it feels okay. amazing. Oh, that's great. good. Yeah. You're like, I'm not going to post nothing until then? I haven't posted since. Because so I, I seen it. I'm yeah. like, last post is April. Yeah, the reason being is, like, honestly – it took me back to solitary confinement. Like, I needed time away from social media to focus on me. At first, my initial response was, all right, let me start giving them updates. And it's like, nah, we're, that's, the ham- that's, the, that's the hamster. That's the will. That's yeah. being caught up in the illusion. Everything's not for social media. Exactly. Let me stop and use this time to reconnect with myself. Okay. 
and also pour into myself. He said, that's the hamster. Yeah, pour into myself. I mentally. get caught up in that too. Exactly. And it's like, nah, that's, that's not what this is for. The reason, this, the re- I always try to look at, all right, everything's perception. How do I pull a positive out of this? Okay, now I have to sit down. I have, I have this uh, torn Achilles. Let me sit down and reconnect with myself. And yeah, I haven't posted for the last three months. I've lost like 5,000 followers, but okay, no problem. That's the, the goal is to not lose yourself. Mm. And I didn't lose myself. I actually found another part of myself, and I've came to grips that I do need to do talk therapy now because the goal and the vision was to be able to get more connected and established so that I can have my family closer, we can all build and erase those traumas and break those curses. With the social media, since I've been out of prison, it's done the total opposite. Yeah, It's created almost like a separation because I'm always building this sponsorship, that sponsorship, this session, that session, this online thing. Building everything and everybody else up. Exactly. And it's like you forget that the true essence is my joy, my daughter, my son, my sisters, brother, the community. Like, why did you start this? And ultimately, it also gets you away from really connecting with yourself because you share everything so much that you don't allow yourself to be in a moment and take it all in. Mm. So for, since this three months of hiatus and not posting, I've been able to reconnect with myself. Now I can come back even stronger and share with my true followers who I am, what mission I'm on, and invite them along this journey. Wow, that's powerful. How are you going to gain a million followers but lose yourself? What's the point of that? That's powerful, my brother. We're powerful. Yeah, amen to that. We're powerful, bro. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you as well. I appreciate you. Man, Lewis Ford, you heard it yourself from the horse's mouth. Um, Warrior mindset. Yes. And um, you guys know where to find him. I'll have his links in the description. Mm -hmm. And you'll be seeing more of Lewis on his social media in in public. yeah, I'm going to rock, rock the, the, the merch with a different, I got you. different perception now because um, I've seen you going hard, and it's, it's inspiring. Yes. But sometimes people just do it for show. Mm-hmm. And um, now I can connect the, the story and the meaning behind all, all of it. And then I think a lot of your followers, because I've never seen you do any um, speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. Nah, um, that's what I'm saying. So, so many different goals, and it's just like you move so fast that you stop to look around and say, damn, let me walk in this building. Let me go connect with this guy. Let me have a sit down with myself and write in my journal like I did in solitary confinement. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm slowing everything down and making sure that I enjoy this experience before, because before you know it, man, it'll be all over. So it's like, enjoy the moment. Don't move right. too fast. Go back to what my mother used to always say to me, don't grow up too fast. Enjoy the moment, enjoy the process. Pay attention, take your notes. Learn self. Once you know who you are, man, lead with that truth. Look in that mirror. Validate that reflection. Lead with the truth. That's powerful. On that note, we'll do it again. Appreciate you, bro. uh, Louis got a lot to share, so we're going to have to do do this again. And um, whenever uh, time permits, get in the workout as well. Yes. I appreciate you, my brother. I appreciate you, too, I learned a lot. Sincerely, man, I appreciate you, bro. Yeah, we're going to have to do more together. Yes. All right, guys. Thank you. On that note, Max out.